Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I am chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Oh, you know, hustling every day, trying to do it, trying to trying to come up, trying to grow the company. What about you? Getting getting cussed out? <laughs> yeah, getting cussed out, trying to grow the company as well, trying to uh, add more properties into the portfolio. And uh, yeah, has its challenge. Yeah, that's what I've been up to, man. Sometimes that happens, right? You call them up, let me buy your house and you get a get a mouthful. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, this is episode 227, Micah, of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world, coming at you from Arlington and Fort Worth, Texas. Let's go. We got a guest. We got a guest today, Micah. Who we got? We have a special guest named Rose Tipka. Who's Rose? Well, Rose is the owner of Your Family's Place. It's called Your Family's Place, a boutique vacation rental company in Ohio that focuses on large homes on expansive properties. They focus on multi-generational families and groups traveling together. Guests can expect an open and go vacation that is actually relaxing. Rose and her husband own and manage all of their properties. Their life is a balance between growing their company and raising their big family. With six kids, life is never boring. Welcome to the show, Rose. Thank you for having me. Yeah, six kids, huh? What's going yeah, on there? Things got a little out of control, uh, <laughs> but but I, you know, I just got to be honest. I had um, I had my daughter first, and I have a sister, and uh, I really wanted to give her a sister. And uh, then I had five boys in a row. I had five boys in nine years. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's it. I'm done. I tried. Uh, <laughs> no sister for you. Nope. Nope. Five <laughs> brothers, but no sisters. Wow. He's going until he has a boy and he, he, uh, he's striking out. <laughs> well, there's something in the water here. I got to tell you. <laughs> we need to move to Ohio. That's it, man. We got to yep. move. I'm a, I'm a huge Ohio State Buckeyes fan, so I'll, I'll be right at home. Yeah, absolutely. They're, <laughs> they're pretty big here. They're pretty big. Nothing happens on Saturdays while Ohio State's playing. <laughs> That's right. That's how it should be. <laughs> so... Let's we have so much to dig into because I, I love how you mentioned on your um, in your uh, bio that you yes. have a singular focus. And yes. that is on a boutique vacation rental company, of course, large homes on expansive properties. Could you go into what that means? Absolutely. So since we have a big family, we found it so difficult to find a big enough home that was also nice and family friendly and pet friendly. And so, you know, the best ideas are problems that you have yourself. And so we figured if we were having that same problem, finding big homes um, that were still nice, because sometimes family friendly is code for not as nice, um, and also would accept our dog. So we decided to build that ourselves. So when we say big properties, our smallest property accommodates 14 people. It's a log home. It's called Mount Pleasant Lodge, and it has 15 acres. And those acres are totally private. It's surrounded by woods. So once you go up the driveway, you don't see anybody else. It's just you back there with the property to yourself. Um, we actually have enough property there that we put in our own disc golf course which oh, is wow. pretty exciting. <laughs> we have enough awesome. space to do that. Um, and that property is designed to feel like summer camp. Nostalgia is an important part of our brand. And so we design all of our properties trying to hit those nostalgia notes. Um, our next property um, is a new build. We built it ourselves. And um, that has a main house that accommodates 14 and then a guest house for six more. So 20 people. That property is 19 acres and it has a completely private stocked lake. 
and we provide all of the lake fun that you need canoes kayaks paddle boards the lake is stocked we provide the fishing rods we don't provide the worms because they (laughs) but um we have everything there so that a big family like ours they can they can show up they can bring grandma and grandpa they can bring their cousins they're all in one place together with everything that they need to have a vacation you don't need to throw your kayak on the roof of your car you might not even have one We'll provide it for you. Um, we are also now under construction on our biggest property yet. It's a million dollar property. Um, it is the main house is going to accommodate 16. There's an apartment above the garage for six more. And then we have a very special couple's cottage that's separate. And that property has two lakes that are connected by a waterfall and it has 32 totally wooded acres um we sourced a property that had never even been timbered before so Mm. we started with a come it's not a blank slate because it's full of gorgeous trees and uh we put in the ponds and uh all the rocks around the waterfall and we are just creating this magical area it's called middle haven and it's designed to feel like a like an english woodland cottage and uh and yeah we're really we're really going for it here no, what size are these homes like? How many beds yeah. and bathrooms in these homes? So in our in our biggest home, there's a total of seven bedrooms and six bathrooms between the three spaces. And uh so and we we try not to do, we try not to cram all the beds in there because when families are traveling together, sometimes people like their own space. So we have a total of seven bedrooms at this new property. And um at our, our cottage at Maple Pond, we have six bedrooms. And then at Mount Pleasant Lodge, we have four. So each property kind of steps up <laughs> to the next size. And that also helps us when we encounter potential guests, we can direct them to the property that meets their needs and is at their price point. Now, you said, oh, go ahead, Micah. Well, one, one real quick question, because like these are really huge, huge yes. homes with a lot of amenities. So like what's the occupancy rate on something like this? Like, yes, often are people coming to, to you know, some, some place that sleeps 20 people? Yes. So we are actually we we are rural locations, but we are only seven minutes from the interstate and the area of Ohio that we are in. We are two hours to Cleveland, two hours to Columbus, less than three hours to Cincinnati, two hours to Pittsburgh. So we have there's about 14 million people. If you count all of those metropolitan areas that are less than three hours away from us and they can get to our properties with only seven minutes and two turns off the freeway. So we pull from a really big area of people that are looking to get away from the city and have a more rural stay, but it's still very approachable and they can still be at the grocery store in five minutes. So they have that good balance. We're also in an area that is loaded with these incredibly high-end wedding venues. Um, One of our local wedding venues just finished building a $4 million wedding venue. And they're pulling wow. brides in that are spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a wedding. Goodness. And they have four, five hundred people a wedding. And they have three venues there that they're doing three weekends, three, three days. Uh, they're doing three week, three weddings a weekend in three different spaces. <sighs> we have another wedding venue that's only seven minutes away from us. And again, those brides are at you know a twenty to twenty-five thousand dollar price point. They're only seven minutes away from us. We work directly with those wedding venues. And when they have a bride or their families are coming in, I provide them with little, they look like wedding invitations. And through developing those relationships, the wedding venues are putting my cards right into the hands of the people that are booking their spaces. So when it comes to occupancy, during the warmer months, about the middle of May through the end of October, we are booked almost every single opportunity we are. Um, Once it gets a little cooler, we are booked every weekend, every Friday to Sunday. Midweek stays, not so much, Um, but we have have a impressive occupancy for the area that we're in, for the price point that we're at, but we also have some guardrails in terms of our lifestyle. Um, We do not do any same day turnovers. Um, because we have big properties that take a long time to turn over and to do it absolutely right. So um, 
100% occupancy is not our goal. That puts too much wear and tear on the properties. Again, we own all of our own properties. And so we protect that asset to make sure that it's in excellent shape for all of our guests. I think that's going to be a theme throughout the show. You have your goals and your focus, yes. right? Yep. And so, yeah, you, you're not, you're not aiming for hundred percent. You don't no. want hundred percent. If I you're at hundred percent that you're not priced appropriately. Ooh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, Cause we want to flow income. We, we want that money in the bank, mm-hmm. but the real asset that's appreciating over time is the property itself. And if you're at hundred percent, you're not at the right price point and you're putting wear and tear on that asset and you're not taking proper care of it. Mm, I love that. Now with these properties being so big and you have a very unique style that you're going for, are most of your bookings or reservations coming from the wedding venues or are you, do you have these places listed elsewhere? Yeah. So we, uh, we try to have a really broad base of where our reservations are coming from. Um, we don't want to have too big of a percentage of reservations coming from one source, because if that source dries up, then then you're out of business. Um, so we have a wide base of where reservations are coming from. We have ones coming from the wedding venue. There is a, uh, a baseball facility very close to us that has um, uh, baseball training camps and baseball, um, not leagues, but like competitions. They have 2000 people a weekend, 40 weekends a year there. So we get people coming for that. We list on Verbo. Um, we have a book direct website, but notice there was one thing that we don't use. Airbnb. We do not use Airbnb. <laughs> um, I love that you don't, cause I, do I, I have a bunch of questions. Absolutely. <laughs> Why? Want Airbnb? I want to hear why. Why? Well, when we first started off, we we were still learning what we were doing. We were getting our feet wet, and we just listed on both. And we gave ourselves the time to figure out what was going to work best for our business. And across the board, the quality of the guests that we were getting from Airbnb was lower. And as we continued to scale and we had bigger properties and more expensive properties, that risk wasn't worth it to us anymore. They always wanted to, they always wanted a deal. And as you guys probably know, the guests that ask for a discount are the worst guests. (laughs) Uh, um, So we were able to fill our calendar as much as we desire it to be filled using Verbo and then doing the actual work to bring in those direct bookings. It's actual work. Mm -hmm. And we were willing to do that because it made sense for our company. And it was bringing us the quality of guests at the price point that we needed to make our company successful. What was that work? Like, well, what work did you guys do to get those direct booking? Guests? Yeah, there, there's a lot of work. It's things like setting up those sales funnels with wedding venues and with baseball venues and, and, reaching out to funeral homes. Um, There's funeral homes in the area and we might have midweeks that are open and they need people that are coming in that need accommodations midweek last minute. That's great for us. Um, You know, I I know it's not funeral homes. is not like, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I mean, those are people that probably already have family in the area. They may be returning that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's hustle. You got to make those connections. You have to have that network of people that are saying, well, I know so-and-so at the chamber of commerce, and this would be a good person for you to know. And you make that connection and you thank that person who connected you to them. And, and you just, you work it, you run it down. Um, what's nice about Airbnb is it's easy. Um, but that comes at a price. And that was not, we were, I was willing to do the work to make it happen. Mm, nice. That's a huge reward with easy. Now, mm-hmm. one, one, one question real quick, going back to weddings. Do, do y'all yes. plan on throwing weddings yourselves on your properties? Uh, we've had some people host small size weddings, especially um, kind of in the throes of COVID. There aren't a lot of people now that are doing that as much. I'm certainly open to it. If people have rented the space and they are within our occupancy limits, what they would like to do with the property, I think that's great. And I'll be glad to help you with it. Um, and what I've also found with people who have gotten married there, 
um, they then come back over and over again. Mm. And so that is a, a guest that made wonderful memories and wants to revisit them. If you got married in a really large venue, chances are you're not going back every year to visit it. Um, <laughs> but they are when they're getting married in our space. And so I, I'm open to that. That is cool. I love that. Yeah, we have so many questions. Uh, <laughs> you, you give us a lot of information. So um, real quick, because I, I, you know, here's a selfish question for me, because sure. <clears throat> I'd love to um, give my family a cool, like a snowy, you know, white Christmas type deal or something like that. Is how, what is the pricing in the in the wintertime when it's cold, when there's snow on the ground? Yeah, actually, December is one of our busiest months. And especially those um, two weeks around Christmas and New Year's um, are priced very aggressively. But mm. we also have regular people now that come to our places for holidays year after year. Um, they come for Thanksgiving, they come for Christmas, and those are very coveted dates. And I'll have other people trying to you know, well, I'll book 2024. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to book out from under somebody who's been with me for years and is a great guest. Um, right. So, you know, during the winter time, um, like January, February, it depends on the property, but we are certainly at about half as much as we do over the summer. Um, our summer rates are, are higher. Um, so the cottage at Maple Pond usually is between six and $800. And in the summer and some of our peak weekends, we can be up to $1,200, $1,500 a night. Mm. Um, Mount Pleasant Lodge is in that four to six range. And then in the summer um, on holiday weekends, we're in that eight to $1,000 a night. Mm. So real quick, Micah, I've noticed three themes throughout this show and uh, automatically if you follow those three things you're, you're going to be successful it's goals focus and relationships oh yes Ooh, i love that that is good now i have a question for you Spe okay like your so you these are huge properties huge acreage and i noticed you said you guys self-manage all of these what does your team look like in order to keep up with all of this because that's a lot of stuff to keep up with it is so we have um, right now. That's what we their have, kids are for. <laughs> that's what my kids are for. <laughs> Actually, my kids clean better at our properties than they do in their own homes. Um, <laughs> you pay yeah. them, right? <laughs> oh, I do because, <laughs> and that's you know, you need to take tax, you take advantage of all of the the tax opportunities in order to employ your children to help them build their credit and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's also another way of spending down your uh, your company's income, so you have you show less profit at the end of the year um, so that you have less of a tax liability. But this, I'm not an accountant and you should always work with a professional to set all of those things up. <laughs> so um, we do have a cleaning crew. We have people that usually clean the same properties each turnover. Um, they're just part-time and um, they often have families themselves. They have kids, they bring their kids, their kids also help. We have a handyman that we hired this year who does all of our maintenance, our regular maintenance in between check-ins and then scheduled maintenance and small tasks like that. So when it comes to turning over the properties, that's our crew that we use. I'm on site and I do all of the inspections. We use Breezeway to organize all of our cleaning and stuff like that. And uh, that's, that's what we use on site for turning over our properties. We use some other things on the business side to free up some time and allow us to act like a company that's much bigger than me and my husband. Mm. Oh. Could you go so, on to some of those tools? Oh, we'll go. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did, how did y'all, um, you know, stumble into this kind of thing? Oh. I mean, what happened? How did this, what was okay. the beginnings? Well, I have to tell you, this is one of my favorite stories because I always start with the end first. And the end is my husband was right. <laughs> I'm going to record that and play that for my wife. Yes. Yes. My <laughs> husband was right. So there was at the time when we, when we bought our first property, um, I was pregnant and about to have our fifth child. And he was also, the company he was working for was starting to wind down. And so he was trying to figure out what his next phase was going to be. And he brought me this property and said, I think that we should buy this. And I said, oh my God, I'm about to have a baby. I can't even <laughs> think about this. What are you doing? Um, and so then he bought it. And then I had the baby the next day. And so it wasn't the right time to tell me. Uh -huh. 
And so then once you go down that path, it's very hard to back out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was a difficult you know, birth and all of that kind of stuff. He's like, maybe now is just not the right time to <laughs> tell her. And so six weeks later, we ran into our real estate agent who told me, hey, we close on the property next week. And I said, excuse me, <laughs> what? We were then the owners of 19 acres and a private pond and, and a house that was a dump and needed a total rehab. But I will say my husband was, he was totally right. He knew that the property was special and he knew that it was the beginning of, I wouldn't say the rest of our lives, but the next phase of our life where we took control over our schedule, over our work life, and that this was the opportunity that we were looking for. And so I, you know, I, I am, um, I'm a maximizer mm. and I, once I got over the shock, <laughs> um, got over the shock of it, um, I was going to make it, I was going to make it a success. And so we jumped in there. I had the place renovated and we, we started renting. And within a couple of months, we were like, you know what, this is it. We really feel passion for what we're doing. We're providing other families with the opportunity to have really great vacations. This is what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. was really how we started. And, and he it helps was you. right. He was right. You hear that ladies? Uh, <laughs> so this right. obviously this helped you leave your job leave your career so i have i was a classroom teacher before we started a family and once we started a family i was staying home with our kids okay. he was working um in an office job and his company was uh the owners were getting close to retirement and they were sort of wrapping the company up he has some extremely specialized knowledge in his industry he was in the oil and gas industry um you guys are in texas there's a lot of oil and gas action in ohio um and he has extremely specialized knowledge of that and so i was trying to figure out with him what he what, what are you gonna do next like i got a lot of kids and you know i don't want to go back to teaching um and so we, when we started our vacation rental business, um, when we really dug into it, we were able to get him to a point within three years that he was able to wrap up that job and leave it and then work with me. We worked together on this as our full-time careers. Mm, nice, nice. So and another question. Um, so, so he was able to leave his job. Mm -hmm. And how are y'all, how are y'all able to buy unless you have a whole buttload of money in the bank, which could be possible too. How are you able to buy a million dollar property with, with no job? I mean, you're just doing it we don't have business. Yeah. We do don't you, have do W2s. Do so we have, in order to build our new property, we have a commercial loan. Hmm. We went to a local community bank that is very supportive of uh, businesses in the area. And our area is certainly up and coming when it comes to travel and tourism. And we had, you know, we have all of our numbers together. Uh, we're a real business that makes real money. And um, it was before interest rates started going up, I will say. But uh, we had, we went, to, I went to multiple banks and did a full presentation with our numbers and what we were looking at. And we had multiple banks offer to um, do a commercial loan for us. So we went with the one that gave us the best, the best uh, rates and, the best setup and we're off to the races building and spending. <laughs> yeah. It. So we, we used a commercial loan and we locked in at a fantastic rate. And the bank is our partner in doing this. Sweet. Now within a commercial loan, is it, is it within the loan that, or is there money allowed for renovations in the loan too? So this is uh, there's two parts of the loan. There's the construction phase of it. Well, it's all a construction loan. There was the purchase of the land and then there's the construction and so we also priced in things like the furnishings and all of that. So that's all part of the loan. Nice. And so it's basically enough to get us hopefully all the way to the end. It included things like uh, installing the ponds. You have to, you have to dig those out. And yeah. so we wrapped everything into the loan um, and we did not have to put anything down. And we did use Ooh. one of the properties that we own as leverage on it. And then we borrowed at, I, I believe it was 80 or 85% of the value of what we were able to put up as leverage. So we didn't have to put anything down and uh, 
they made it happen for us. That's beautiful. I'm also going to make them a lot of money. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to work out nice for them. So, yeah. so that's that real, one more thing about the commercial loan. Cause we, I don't, sure. I don't know a lot about commercial loans. Yeah. So I, I can't just go to a house here that just a regular three, two and get a commercial loan on. It has to be a, spe- a specific type of property. Mm-hmm. What kind of properties can qualify for that? Well, I'm not sure if I have the information for you on okay. that one. Um, but when we purchased the land, it was, it was empty land. It's not empty. It was full of trees, but we had um, architecture plans from our architect. We had bids on all aspects of the property that we could do. And so we took that to our bank loan officer who also conveniently was the vice president of the bank. It's good to go (laughs) right to the top and talk to the people who can make the decisions. And um, the the bank, it's a local bank, it's first federal, and they are very passionate about investing in our community. And that was, so our interests were aligned. You know, they know that our area is up and coming when it comes to tourism and that our company is doing that right now. And so they were, they were eager to make that loan along with a couple of other local banks. Mm, love this partnerships. Like Steve said earlier. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Relationships. Yep. And now his network is my network. And so when I need a connection to somebody, I call him up and I say, Hey, Scott, I need an introduction and he makes it happen. And Beautiful. when he needs when he, whenever I have a success, um, the bank can share it as look at what we're doing. We are investing in these people. Mm. So like, for example, I'm one of the lead authors on the next edition of Hospitable Hosts. Oh, Um, So I'm very excited about that. It comes out next year. Um, I called him up. I said, I'm going to be a published author. Like, I can't believe how far you've taken this. I said, (laughs) add that to your marketing material. (laughs) That book is on my book reading list too. Hospitable. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Julie George. Um, that's right. Says our, that's our buddy. Um, yeah. You have any questions, Mike? I got, I got more questions. If you yeah. Know. Oh no, no, no. Well, you said you're building. You project manage a million dollar home, right? Yes. Um, I'm gonna tell you one struggle I'm having with. Uh, how do you? What do? What should I look for in a project manager? Because I have a couple of rehabs. I have a property I might be closing on here in a couple of weeks, and they all need work, right? What? Mm-hmm. What should one person be looking for within a property manager um so are you talking about as a project manager for construction or property managers on rentals i'm sorry project manager for construction um i think two things are very important the first one is connections to the people who are actually doing the work can they call or text an electrician and will that electrician answer their phone call will their electrician text them back that's very important Um, I have developed really great relationships with all of our subs over time. And I have a fabulous contractor who I've known for 15 years now, and we have a very close relationship. And that helps us understand what the vision of the project is to get it done. So that's the first thing is, does that person have the connections that the the trades that you need, will they answer the phone when they call? Mm. That's the first thing. The second one is, oh man, you've got to be persistent. You, it, and I've been accused many times of being persistent uh, and people use it in, in that certain way. But you know what? I got us to the table. I got the project done. Persistent is still polite, but persistent is persistent. And that takes a special type of person to do that. I love that. I love in the follow up. I, you know, it, it is funny because I, that, that alone, just will they answer the phone call or they text back? I mean, I sometimes, you know, back when in the earlier days, I was looking for contractors to do things, you know, uh, fix something or plumbers, electricians, whatever it is. And there's so many, you know, it's still like a, a fragmented industry. I mean, so many numbers I would call mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have any kind of no one to answer it. It would go straight to voicemail. It would be a cell phone. It would be like, what is going on here? If you just paid somebody like a minimum wage just to answer your phones, you would get so much business. Right. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. Uh, some yeah. people just not not good at that. They don't care. Yeah. Maybe they have enough business. Maybe five jobs a week's good. They're done. They don't want to get any more work. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But then once I develop that relationship with somebody, then they do good work. They answer the phone when I call. I'm always going to take my business to them. And when I take my business to a company, they're going to make a lot of money. 
And so that's the development of that relationship over time. And mm. so it, it, it's a two-way street, but, um, and that, that takes time. And sometimes you go through a couple of different, you know, vendors for things, but when you find the right person, you're going to, you're going to pay them a lot of money. Yeah. So it's worth yeah. the time. Yeah. And so, so, okay. So the big question, how do you balance the, the working and the, the business, the, with the, having six kids, how do you yeah. do that? How do y'all do that? <laughs> Well, first of all, it's not glamorous and I don't always look put together like this. And all of my <laughs> kids are downstairs right now watching a movie. Um, but so here's the thing. And, and I've read a lot of books about how people manage work-life balance. Um, and across the board, the answer is the best that they can. <laughs> and that's not a glamorous answer. People want right. to know what, what trick do you have? What system do you use? All of that kind of stuff. And here, here is the real truth. Everybody is trying the best that they can. Everyone is, is finding the system that works for them. It might work for them. It might not work for you. It's not glamorous and it's not easy. But you have to, it goes back to that persistence. You have to see what the bigger vision is. Um, we homeschool our kids. On a Monday afternoon at 3.30, when people aren't done with their work, it's not glamorous. And you have to remind yourself of what your goal is, what your vision is, and try to keep your eye on that. Um, one of Some of the things that I do just to make life as smooth as possible for us is making decisions ahead of time on things that are time sinks, like our menu for the week. It's, it's, it's unglamorous stuff, but I plan every meal for the entire week on Sunday. I have everything I need. I'm ready to go. I make a schedule um, for my husband and I of who's doing what. Um, I do three hour time blocks and we plan our week out that way. It's not glamorous. Um, but that's the thing is everybody is trying their best and some weeks are better than others. Um, some weeks we crash into Friday and we go, holy moly. Um, so I guess I don't have a perfect answer because I don't think that that perfect answer exists. I think everybody is just trying their very best to do that. Mm. One thing I noticed about you, you said you make decisions ahead of time. I'm reading yes. this book called Extreme Ownership, and that's one thing he's really big on. You have to be decisive very quickly in mm -hmm. order to really keep things going and be successful. So yeah, I'm working on that. And I also do the Sunday thing that that Sunday thing helps like just plan out your whole week on Sunday. And then yes. and my wife, she started noticing it too. She's like, I plan out everything the day before she goes, now that I do it on Sunday, I have more time during the week. So yeah, that that's huge. Being yes. Absolutely. Nice. I like that answer. It's not, it's not a perfect answer. It's what there works isn't. for, yeah. What works for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, now, here's the thing, too, you know, I come from a, a family, you know, a divorced family. It's, it happens. It's common. Right. And and they just worked a bunch of hours at a job and weren't ever home. And, was, and you know, it just kind of fell apart. So I even though you are, you know, they see you working a lot. I'm sure you all are working a lot with those with those houses. But it's you're there. They, they, I mean, they're, you're there with them. That's cool. I mean, that's a big thing right there for whatever they need, you know mama's there <laughs> or dad yeah. and, and so it's it's yes you're you'd be working or you're on a call and you can't you know get to them right away or something like that but you're there and that's the that's the biggest part of it just being there you know mm -hmm. and they're part of the journey too they have they feel ownership with the company as well and if in the future they wanted to be involved with it that's fine but i don't i don't really um don't necessarily feel that family businesses are not always the glamorous thing that people make it out to be. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, the, the opportunity to be able to grow our business to a point that we are financially secure and um, then helping, helping move it on to the next phase. Um, we separate the ownership of our properties from the management of our properties. We have different LLCs for that. We sign rental agreements with ourselves right now. By, and by having that rental agreement, we are creating value right there that in the future, we could package our properties together and sell. We could also package the management and the brand, your family's place, and sell that off in the future and keep the ownership of the properties. Mm. We're trying to set these things up now so that in 15 or 20 years, we can say, do we want to keep doing this? we want to sell off a portion of our assets and we can go in the direction that we want to. Mm. 
Wow. Built to sell. That's, that's cool. That's important. I mean, a lot of people say, I'm never going to sell, but you never know what the future brings. Right. Yeah. You you always need to have, I mean, nobody wants to say like, you know, something bad's going to happen and you're going to need to sell, but you should always be thinking about what could your out be. Um, and you have to have that in your mind because you can't be naive and thinking that things will always be this way. So we did a lot of work with branding of your family's place and what that means and what that experience is. And so that as the future, as we grow that, they, we create value with the brand itself. We actually have the trademark on that so that we can expand outside of Ohio into other markets with that same brand. It also gives us the opportunity to franchise it in the future if we wanted to. Um, it just opens a bunch of doors for what happens what happens from here. I love it. The big vision. Mm-hmm. So, so how many how many properties do you foresee y'all y'all doing this at? Well, I think I, I have to tell you, I'm really hot on the Michigan market. <laughs> I, um, and part of it is because I have wonderful memories of going on vacation up in Northern Michigan. And that plays into that nostalgia aspect of our brand. And I would like to be able to expand the brand, your family's place into other areas where we think that are really primed for that old fashioned family vacation. Um, Northern Michigan is a great place to go on vacation. Um, you know, you have in the summer, you have white sand beaches, like you're on a, you're in the Caribbean and it's not packed full of people like you would see in Florida. Um, in the winter, you can go skiing and the snow machines are huge there. There's a lot to do in the winter in Michigan. I think it's a lot more seasonal than we might think that it is. Um, so I would like to be able to create that branded experience of your family's place in other locations so that when someone is introduced to our brand, maybe they stay at one of our properties in Ohio, when they're looking for their next vacation, maybe they try one of our properties up in Michigan. And so we're creating that branded experience that's consistent across properties. So that's sort of um, where I see us going forward. So once we have somebody within the brand, we can provide that same type of vacation experience in different locations. We're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna link you up with a good friend of ours who's in Northern Michigan, who's going who's, who believes in it as much as you do, mm-hmm. and and her name's Sarah Glidewell. Never you heard mm-hmm. of Sarah Glidewell. From- uh, from the Carwells. The Carwells. Have you talked I actually, to them? yes, actually, I recorded with them a couple of weeks ago, and my episode comes out on the twentieth. We talked Michigan, <laughs> but they were like so Huron or like Michigan side. Where does seventy five go up? Like you know, up here. Oh yeah, we got right? our hands out. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. They just uh, closed on a really <clears throat> amazing property in Cadillac. There's a little town called Cadillac, Michigan, um, and they just closed on an amazing property up there. So they, they get the Northern Michigan vibe. They get it. Mm. And they were there first and, you know, they, they know that it's a very lucrative place to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Start looking then is everyone (laughs) in Northern Michigan. You better start looking. Yeah, Uh, I know. I, and, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, go buy in Florida. Well, gosh, everybody's bought in Florida. Let's do something different. Okay. Um, And you know what you can get for your money up in Northern Michigan is amazing. Yeah. See, Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to hit because you just said white sand beaches. I would have never known that in Northern Michigan, but if you advertise that, that is huge. Absolutely. The area around Sleeping Bear Dunes was rated one of the best places to go on vacation in America by Good Morning America. And after that, the subsequent years, every year was busier every year. Mm. (laughs) Our quiet vacation spot got busy because everybody found out about it. So I'm going to put a plug in for Sheboygan, which is on the Lake Huron side. It is a very quiet town. It's only 15 minutes from Mackinac Island. And what you can get for your money in a place like Sheboygan is astonishing. People need to be looking in that area for making investments. And with only being 15 minutes to Mackinac Island, I mean, that place, they print money over there in the summer. It's it's amazing. (laughs) Wow. I've always heard it's beautiful up there. I need, I need to get out there. Um, I've uh, a friend of ours, someone we we manage uh, one of her places here in Dallas. Um, she she has she has places in Wisconsin uh-huh. on the other side of the lake, and so from Michigan. And so um, the, she's showing me these places. And I'm like I'm blown away. This this beautiful places. 
uh, right by the lake. I mean, I mean, gorgeous for for dirt cheap. I'm like, holy crap, yes. I need to invest over there. But I don't know nothing. I mean, she's telling me it's, it's a great place to invest. So uh, maybe it we'll is. get in there before everybody gets there. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It's a great place. <laughs> it's a great place. Right now, you can buy an entire island outside of Alpina and it has its own lighthouse and it has a lodge that sleeps 10 people. Your own island. <laughs> yeah that's insane yeah I, 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 this one was she was showing us was like in this little town it looks like a, a hallmark movie right mm -hmm. and so i was gonna do i was like oh we can make like a whole hallmark movie theme you know airbnb or you know short-term rental whatever and, yeah. and then it i mean it has everything the clock tower all that stuff i was like holy smokes this would this would be a killer on, as a short-term rental but yeah yeah so much so much cool stuff up there that's part of one of our content pillars is um, I call it small town adorable because we live in one of these adorable small towns in Ohio. And that's that's a very interesting content pillar that people like to interact with because we all have that idea in our head of like the Hallmark movie of mm -hmm. small towns. Um, I had a, an influencer stay with us, uh, Instagrammer stay with us a couple of weeks ago. And she said, well, I, I want to go to barbecue. And I said, OK, I'm going to send you to Sublime Spoke. Taylor is the bar manager. She'll be there. She'll greet you. She'll take care of you. Well, I really like coffee shops. All right. You need to go to Sugar Fuse. Scott's the owner. He'll be there decorating cakes on Saturday morning. You need to go there. And that that kind of like small town adorable experience, it's it blew her mind. <laughs> so you know everybody at the shops. Yeah. Yeah. That's my job to do that. Yeah. <laughs> My next question. So how did you build those relationships? Because that that's one thing I'm working on because I have places in smaller towns. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to like, hey, this is where you go for your coffee. And, and I want I don't want to go to Starbucks. Go to the yeah. you know the local place. How did you build those connections? Well, I drank a lot of coffee. Um, so I started with that. I drank a lot of coffee. Um, actually, I involved my kids in it a lot where we would go on quests and we would try all the coffee shops in the area and we turned it into a quest. And we also love coffee. And then it was, who do you know? Who do I know? If you live in a small town, you know that relationship. When you meet somebody new, one of the first things that we do is try to figure out who we know in common. <laughs> um, and so then you work that way. And then if you have a question about, you know, what's the best pizza place to go? Well, I'm going to ask my friend over here, you know, where do you go for pizza? Where do you recommend? And you take their recommendations from there. Um, it's something that definitely takes time and effort. Um, there are people within communities that are certainly connectors. And if you can figure out who those connectors are, their network becomes your network. Mm. I love that. Do you yep. know who Mark Simpson is? What was that? Do you know who Mark Simpson is? I do, yes. Yeah. I did uh, Boosley Behind the Host back in May. And um, as a really fun side note, the name of our company is Your Family's Place. And I actually um, heard that in an interview that he gave. I think it was when he was on Thanks for Visiting. Um, he said, you should tell your guests that you want to be their go-to place for vacation. You, they want to be your family needs to go to my place. And those words kind of were a salad in my head and it came together. We want to be your family's place for vacation. Yeah, wow. you're, you're, you and Mark have that very streamlined vision connecting people. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yep. Yep. Because you, uh, one of his sayings is that your network is your net worth. It is. And that continues to pay off over and over again. Oh, man. This is awesome. This is good stuff. I've taken so many notes over here. <laughs> now so you're going to want to come to Ohio and Northern Michigan. Yes. <laughs> so, so see you see you saw this from your own eyes like what you wanted in a, in a place to do vacations when with your you know big family and not a lot of places accommodated that well right and so what are some of the things that you know i know we're not going to host as big families here in some of the three twos that we have you know in, in dallas fort worth area but mm -hmm. well how can we make a place like stand out from all the other houses that are on you know airbnb vrbo whatever to make it you know family friendly uh, baby friendly stuff like that stuff that we're like oh we'll, we'll choose that one because it has this 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 mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is really important for families is having accommodating check-in and check-out times this is also something that plays into our policy of not doing same-day turnovers if you're traveling with little kids and check-in is at four o'clock that might be really tricky for them and if you can get those guests in early before nap time 
that's a huge win. Or maybe they need a little bit of flexibility on checkout time. You know what? I always try to say yes as much as I can. And having that you know, no same day turnovers allows me to take better care of my guests. One of the things that we did almost by accident is design all of our houses without all of the little nicky nanky things that kids pick up. Because when parents are in spaces with all of those things and their kids are touching them, they start to feel a lot of stress that their kids are going to break something. Um, And so we tried to design beautiful spaces without all of that little stuff so that parents could actually relax and not worry about what their kid was going to break. That was a really important thing for a lot of our guests and we've surveyed them and that's come up repeatedly. One of the things that we do in all of our properties across the board are huge game rooms. We put PlayStations and Nintendos and arcades and air hockey machines, big giant TVs, all of those kinds of things. And oftentimes the kids end up downstairs in their own little fun world while the adults are having some actual adult quiet conversations upstairs. And so being able to be together, but separate helps the adults have a even better vacation. They're not hovering and all of that kind of stuff. Those would be my best tips for how to really attract families to your rentals. You said something very important there very quickly, but it was very, very, you heard it. Okay. You said you surveyed your guests. I did. Yes. Now, how do you go about doing that? Okay. I do it a couple of different ways. One of the things that we do is we leave a comment card in all of our properties. It's a paper card. I make them myself on Canva. And there's three different questions on the comment card. Uh, The first one is, how did you find us and what were you looking for? I want to know what search terms those people are using, what websites, or, you know, did they get a referral from somebody? I want to know what they're looking for so I can be in that space. Also, if they're a referral from somebody else, you better believe I'm sending that other person a thank you because they just keep coming. So that's the first question. Where did you find us and what were you looking for? The second one is, do you have any comments or suggestions on the property? And by having that, I flush out any potential problems that a guest might have had. I think a lot of the reason that some guests give less than five-star reviews is because they want the people to know that something was wrong. And so if you can give the guests that opportunity to tell them, tell you the light bulb is out or, um, you know, the light in the refrigerator isn't turning on, they'll give you that information so you can act on it. For example, I had a repeat guest who told me you need to have hooks on the back of your bedroom doors. She checked out on a Sunday and on Tuesday, my handyman installed hooks on the back of the door. Nice. Um, Then the third question is, what was your best memory from this trip? That, that number one tells me how they used the space. What, and number two, what amenities were the most important to them? And then it also ends their trip with a happy memory. They're going out the door thinking about what was the highlight of my trip. So that's, that's the first way is with my comment cards. The second thing that I did was I hired a professional copywriter and she um, sent out an email to everybody on my email list asking for former guests who would be open to doing an interview. And she, she scheduled phone interviews and zoom interviews with them and had a whole list of questions. And she really dug deep into that and she interviewed them and then compiled an entire report for me with the information from my past guests. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it really you, was. You went deep into getting the intel. Absolutely. Right Here's how you run a short-term rental company. I, I'm loving every bit of this. this. This is true, true, really, really good gems. And yeah. what, was, what was the third way? Oh, so, so there's, there's that. So um, how am I knowing what the guests are using? Um, I, I do send a lot of, um, I I have an email list that I work on and I send out emails every, you know, 
two weeks every month. And I'm always asking my guests to give me feedback on things, giving them small decisions to make, to kind of get that engagement up, to build that relationship with them um, so that they feel when they stay at our properties, they're not staying at a stranger's place. They're staying with a friend. They're staying with someone that they feel that they know. And so when they do that, they can tell me things that I need to know about the property. Mm, nice. That is cool. Um, wow. So many, so much good information today, Micah. Yeah, it is. He's, he's <laughs> typing away, taking notes over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so another thing just popped in my head right now. You have a, a place with like, like what, like 19 acres? How, how many acres was the... We have right now we have a 15 acre, a 19 acre, and we're building on 32. That's a lot of acres. That's a lot of acres. Here you can put a million houses on on one acre. You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) that's the thing though, but that's not what I'm selling. And I'm pricing for privacy. And I price it that way. And a lot of our guests, since they're coming from more urban or suburban areas, they don't want to be right next to somebody else. They already, they're regular houses right next to somebody else. And so I'm pricing that way. I'm pricing with privacy in mind. That's awesome. Now, do you have you thought of doing like um, putting some cool teepees up or tree houses, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, those are interesting things, but if they're not big, they're not bringing in the nightly rate to make it worth my time, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, when you have things that aren't, you aren't renting for the higher nightly rate or for bigger groups, you still have a lot of those same carrying costs. You're still mowing the mm-hmm. grass. You're still, you know, you're paying electric and all of that kind of stuff. And for us, it didn't make as much sense to constantly be turning over smaller units when we could just do, you know, three turnovers and have three sets of guests on the weekend and make four times as much. Mm. It, it was about the, the best use of our time for the greatest return. You're very stuck to your brand. I love it. You are yeah. razor focused on that brand. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I that's what I, that's what I, I want our guests to feel that way. I want them to feel like they have found a place where they can go year after year and make those memories. And, uh, and that's, that's how you start and you have to take care of them. You have to take care of those guests. Not all guests are great. And, you know, let that, let that go. There's going to be bad guests. Move on from that 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 person won't come back and that's all right focus on the ones that will come back beautiful now now going back to the um getting the loan and stuff like that for Mm -hmm. a property like that you mentioned something so you had several different banks uh, approve you you know want to work with you um and then you got to choose the lowest interest rate now everybody here is like well isn't the interest rate the interest rate you know we're buying a house that's what they're doing right now it's what all the banks are giving isn't that the same thing There was actually quite a bit of variation in the interest rates that the local banks were offering us. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a spread of about a point and a half at that time. So I was was kind of surprised by that too, because I thought it would always be the same, but there was actually a substantial spread. So we went with the bank that was not only giving us the best rate, but I felt like they understood the vision of what we were trying to do and that they would be really the most accommodating and easy to work with. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's, a, there's always room to negotiate, right? There, well, yeah, every, everything oh, except for my nightly rate is up for negotiation. <laughs> Can I get a discount? Come on. Come on. <laughs> just I could always I charge you more, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to say? I could always charge more. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. The art of negotiations, mm-hmm. man. This has been a great podcast. We thank you so much. How did you find us by the way? Yeah. Uh, we're in the same Slack channel with Mark that Mark set up. We are. Ah, there you go. Yes, we are. We are. Yes. I look familiar. There we are. Yes, <laughs> I'm having major FOMO right now of everybody going to Miami to have a good time. And yeah. I'm watching a backhoe dig footers. But <laughs> it's a glamorous <laughs> life we live. It's a glamorous life. See, you and Mark, connector of people. Mark is a connector of people. He really is. He is. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you. Where can people find you? So um, our website is yourfamiliesplace.com. We're also on social media at your family's place. And if you want to reach out to me and send me an email, rose at yourfamiliesplace.com. Easy enough. 
Well, thank you so much for hopping on, Rose. Uh, we look forward to watching your progress and, and learning from you also because we want to do things big time like you. You know, we're, we're little babies. When to grow up? When to grow up? <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, thanks for hopping on and dropping so much good knowledge. Uh, Mike, any closing words? That is it. Thank you for coming on. Um, I really realized I don't even have a short-term rental business after talking to you. <laughs> I'm running a playground. So, <laughs> I'm uh, definitely, you gave me a lot of good tips, pointers, and, I, and you have a huge value to the fans out there. I hope you, you. grab something from this because I did, and I've been doing this for six years. So thank you. Well, I'm glad that I, I, that is always my hope is that other people that are in our position can learn something from what, what our experience has been. I'm not here to sell a product. Um, I would love if people wanted to come to our properties or be glad to be your family's place for vacation, but I'm not trying to sell you anything other than do your job very best that you can. And that will always pay off for you. Mm, love that. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Rose. We'll chat at you later. Thank you. See you, Rose. Bet. Man, I learned a lot from that one, man. I, I don't even have a short-term rental business after talking about that. Like sending man. surveys, like that's how you really run a business, man. Like she ain't on Airbnb. And she even, if she has big, huge acreage cabins and ain't listening on Airbnb because, Air, and I've always said Airbnb, they have shitty guests. So let's just be honest about it. <laughs> knows it. She's like, I'm not even going to list with them because they're going to bring bad guests. I mean, I've, and I've said that time and time again. It's funny because I'm in the point now where we're reaching out to insurance clients and uh, now I got to start reaching out to people locally. Cause man, th this is huge. I love that. This is awesome, man. This was, that was an awesome podcast. Yeah, man. So, so goals, focus and relationships. That's the things, like I said, stuck out to me and we, and it takes work, man. It ain't takes work. And like, I've, uh, there's times when I'm like, I find like a cool little, like in our Dallas properties, right. There's like a cool little, uh, Italian joint has been there for a hundred years. And I, I tell people about it. I send them a thing. And whenever they, you know, if we, if we go back and forth back in the day when I was doing messaging, but we go back and forth and say, Oh, did you hit up that Italian? Nah, we didn't get time. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, if I, I should take some time to get to know the owners of these little cool little businesses yes. and say, Hey, will you give my guests a discount? You got a coupon or something. And they're going to hit them up and they're going to love it. And they're going to, I don't know. It's just, but it takes time to do all that stuff. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I already set up. I'm telling my VA to go do that shit right now. <laughs> just got my VA. <laughs> VA has open phone now. Shit. Call these people and let them know, Hey, we're in the area. Yeah, man. You got Hey, one thing I did notice, and this is what I've been noticing. You know, I've been talking about, I pushed everything off my desk, man. Uh, and just really focused on getting more properties. One I've found out I'm way more, we in Mahogany are way more successful at getting properties. Like, you know, we got a couple appointments this week. We getting some killer ass deals on some houses, man. Um, but it also helps me to focus on what I can give my VA to help grow the business because now I'm not in it, but I still needed to grow on the short-term rental side. And he's now doing things to help grow that business, man. And there's certain things we sometimes have stigmatism like towards like, ah, oh, they can't do this fuck it. Let them try. You know what I mean? Mm. So like mm. I send do phone calls like, Hey, call these local businesses and see, uh, you know, uh, see if we can partner with them. Like today he, he was actually calling insurance companies and having success. You know, they said, Hey, we'll send all your properties to this address, this email address, and we'll go ahead and get some insurance clients sent out to you, man, work your VAs, man. Trust your team. Once mm -hmm. you start like, really putting trust in your team, everything will manifest. Mm. Everything will manifest, man. Keyword trust. Yeah, trust, man. You got to build a team yeah. trust, man. Straight up, Same man. Same thing. I mean, and then you don't be afraid to let them fail because that's what they learn, right? There you go. That's If you're holding their hand so they won't fail, your company ain't going to grow. Yeah. Straight up, man. And it was another quote I wanted to say when she was talking about family. And I noticed you said, too, about your family. And, you know, they were always gone and things like that. This is one quote that came to me today that I started to notice about people. Poor people relate love to money. Rich people relate love to time. Hmm. That is what I've been starting to really notice with people. People always say, well, I, I ain't got enough money to do this, or I got this, and I can't spend time with my kids because I ain't got money. Give them time, man. That's where that's what it's really all about. It's time. It's the number one thing. There you go, man. And I noticed that I'm like, I, I came from my family, not my family, but just 
the generations of my family, they're usually poor. You know, my family's from the deep South. You know, my dad's from one of the poorest counties in Arkansas, but he made it out, you know. But once you start really getting on, you start time for money and then you start thinking the only thing you do your kids is just give them money or you know take care of them with money but you don't give them the time so remember that y'all we're doing this for more time not for money money money's gonna come and go but that time that's not that's irreplaceable man never get it back never get it back going deep on this show yeah yeah man (laughs) i i I love talking to her because she has a vision with her family and that that just really opened up a lot to me man and yeah i'm about to my va is about to get some tasks pushed to him that's one thing we just glossed over not only is she running this this big you know successful business not only is she married and has six kids she's also homeschooling all six of them kids yeah because she has the time man oh my god (laughs) just most people love the fact that the kids go to school and they regret summers because what am i going to do with these kids you know for the whole summer i gotta have them i gotta do something with them i'd rather give them give them off to the school for eight hours a day and and then they get to teach them whenever they want to teach them she said her son's learning chinese like (laughs) you know what i mean he can choose what he wants you know what i'm saying and everything's online now you can you can sign up for any course online you can learn chinese on fiverr hire somebody you know what i mean so the world's just been we're in a place where knowledge is just right there we just have to tap into it hmm. yeah it takes man. discipline though it takes discipline yeah it takes discipline like mike tyson said if you have discipline don't have discipline you don't have nothing it's mm. like yeah <laughs> very cool oh, brother live that thrive at gmail.com live that thrive.com hit us up instagram facebook all that fun stuff are eight or just rentals hit me up i'll manage your place we'll manage your place me and federico and share bnb hit up micah get, yeah. he wants to buy your property for 220 dang right uh yeah if you have anybody <clears throat> that is uh selling properties needs to sell foreclosure pre-foreclosure divorces all that hoarder houses we buy them all so yeah hit us up you can hit, uh, hit me up on instagram send me a message it'll come through but you know i'm off social media but it'll come through my phone so uh yeah Hit us up. And yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen. Steve told y'all where to find us. Hit that link tree. If you need all of our information, also hit the subscribe button and remember to leave us a review. We're going to start shouting out y'all reviews on the podcast. So uh, thank y'all. And we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.